Well, good morning, church. What a blessing to be here this morning. I want to thank our pastor for the invitation. And um, this is sacred ground for him. This is holy ground. And uh, I, I just know that it's an honor for me to be here and keep praying for our pastor and for Arthur this week as they're at the conference. And we pray that God will bless their time together. Before I begin, I don't want to um, forget something that I heard this morning. Today is Pastor Don's birthday. So I, I, wanted to, I wanted to take a minute and embarrass him a little second. He, he can stay right where he's at. But if you would join me in singing happy birthday to Pastor Don, and I'm going to share it if I'll get in trouble later, but he celebrates his 83rd birthday today. So I, I think it's, it's worthy of us to sing. Would you join me to sing? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Don. Happy birthday to you. Bless you, my dear brother, and pray that God would continue to restore your health and, uh, and keep you around with us for many, many, many more years to come. So thank you for all that you do. Hey, I want to also make an announcement. Uh, many of you have been asking me about our Wednesday night Bible study. Next Wednesday, the 12th, next Wednesday, not this Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we begin our Bible study in the children's auditorium. We're going to be doing a study on the life of King David, a man after God's own heart. Join us. We're going to be looking at First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. And if you're interested in joining us, we'd love to have you Wednesday nights at 6.30 in the Children's Auditorium. I'd love to see you there. And we'll continue that through the summer and pray that God will bless our time. So I hope you would join me. Ever since our Easter Sunday message that our pastor preached, we have been talking and today we conclude this series on a living hope. And uh, he asked me to close it today and we talk about the hope of heaven. So I'd like you to turn with me or look on the screens as we consider John chapter 11. John chapter 11, I'm reminded that Jeremiah said, for I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And our pastor has led us through this series, explaining us, explaining to us the need for that hope and the joy that we get through that hope and all that God has done to provide us that hope. In John chapter 11, beginning in verse 17, and I'd like to ask you to be so kind as to stand with me as we read God's holy word. Your Bible may, be, may read something like this. I'm reading from the New King James. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. 
Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to the Lord, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, yeah, I know. I know that he will rise in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I'd like to use for a title this morning, Do You Believe This? Let us pray. Father, we ask you this morning to allow your Holy Spirit to have his way in this room. To allow your Holy Spirit to penetrate the airwaves and those who may be watching online. Father, we need to hear from you. I pray that there would be less of me and more of you, that you would hide me behind your precious spirit. Speak to us, dear Lord. The question this morning is, do you believe this? And I pray that every heart would be convinced this morning and say, I believe. We ask these things in the precious, matchless name of our Lord and Savior and Redeemer and friend, Jesus the Christ. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. One of the things that we have to always realize when we consider our walk with the Lord is what Mary and Martha faced during this treacherous time. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, their brother, lived together in a home in Bethany right outside of Jerusalem. And oftentimes as Jesus would come into Jerusalem, he would stop and visit with them and they would take care of him. And, and this time, there's a tragedy that takes place. Lazarus had passed away. Mary and Martha, there's no mention in history that they were married, so their main, their only source of income was through the work of Lazarus. And we don't know much about what he did, but we do know that he took care of his sisters, and now they're facing the reality that he has died. And I'd like to remind you this morning, not that we need much reminding, but I'd like to remind you this morning that even as believers, sometimes we struggle. Let's just have a, a, a moment this morning to recognize that there is no question that this past 365 days has proven to us that sometimes we struggle. I don't know exactly how this this pandemic, this, this COVID-19 has affected you, but I know in some way or another it has affected you and we're hurting and we're struggling and we're in need right now. 
And the news continues to to exaggerate the situation and make things worse. And I want to remind you that God knows what you're dealing with. Sometimes we struggle. Our struggles have hurt us. Have struggles have have taken away our income. Our struggles have hurt hurt us financially. Our struggles have put strains on our marriage and our relationships. Our struggles have caused us to have difficulties. Many of us haven't taken vacation for fear what it may do to us. Our whole world is in many ways upside down. You must remember, I don't care what anybody tells you, you must remember that even as believers, sometimes we struggle. Mary and Martha were facing this exact situation. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were friends of Jesus. They believed that he was the Son of God. They trusted that he was the Messiah. And even in the midst of this belief, even in the midst of this truth, Lazarus dies. Ladies and gentlemen, you must remember, listen, sometimes we struggle. You know why? Because this is not our home. We've got a place that God has prepared for us, known as heaven, known as glory, known as paradise, that is waiting for us. And one day, the struggles will be gone. Sometimes we struggle. Jesus said, listen, in this world you will face tribulation, but fear not. Don't worry. Don't let it bother you because I've got good news. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. May your your prayer today be that of Joshua. I don't know what you're going to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's time that we step out from from the midst of the struggle. Listen, here's what we have to remember. We can't let the struggle identify who we are. More importantly, let me correct that statement. We can't let the struggle identify whose we are. Yes, we're going to struggle. Yes, it's obvious. There's no question about it. There are things you're going to go through that you don't even know how to get out of. But here's what I'm telling you today. All you have to do is turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth, of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But then it says, but God, through Jesus Christ, has brought us near by his blood. My question to you this morning is the question that Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Yes, sometimes we struggle, but I'm here to share with you this morning that you need to turn to Jesus. 
I'm reminded of many different stories in the Bible on those who did put their faith in Jesus, put their hope in Jesus, put their trust in Jesus, and they called on him, and he came through every single time. This morning, my challenge to you is, are you willing to turn to Jesus? Blind Bartimaeus on the road heard this day that Jesus was going to be passing by. He had heard the stories of the healings that Jesus performed. He had heard the stories of the miracles that Jesus had played out. He had heard all of it, and here he was begging on the side of the road. And when Jesus passes by, he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the world and the disciples told him, shut up. Don't, don't bother Jesus. He's too busy for you. God's got a lot to deal with. You think he's worried about what you're facing? Bartimaeus, be quiet. But Jesus heard him. Jesus said, come on over here. And Jesus healed him. But there's more, there's more, there's more. You've got to truck Jesus. Do you believe this? I'm reminded of that Old Testament story in Daniel chapter 3. You all know it. You've heard it as children. The Veggie Tales would tell us about Rack, Shack, and Benny. <laughs> Better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three Hebrew boys who were given ranks of Governors, but when Nebuchadnezzar decided that he was full of himself and wanted to build a statue of himself, and he decided that they would play the trumpet and everyone would hear the trumpet and bow down to the statue of the great Nebuchadnezzar. And here were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they refused to bow down to the politics of that day. Hello, I, I, I'm done with that comment. I'm not, I'm not, that could lead us to a lot, but I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to get in trouble. No emails, no nasty texts, nothing. I'm done. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. Nebuchadnezzar heard it, called them over and said, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. All I'm asking you is when the music plays, you bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no way. No way. I'm here to tell you that the God that we serve will deliver us from you. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we will still serve the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, I'm not having this. 
turned the oven up seven times hot or so hot that even the soldiers who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were killed instantly because of the heat from that fiery furnace. And they tied them up and threw them into the furnace and closed the door. And Nebuchadnezzar looks into the furnace How many did we throw into the fire? Oh, king, we threw three. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're dead by now. You're not going to believe this. There's four in the fire. And they're marching around and singing songs and praising the Lord. And I don't know how to say this, but the fourth looks like a son of Almighty God. Jesus, in what we like to theologically call the Christophany, a pre-incarnate experience of Jesus Christ, he came down from his throne room and told Shadrach, it's going to be okay. Told Meshach, don't worry. Told Abednego, I got your back. And he was marching with them in the fire. The fire gets turned off. The door gets opened. And out comes Shadrach. Out comes Meshach. Out comes Abednego. And they don't even smell like smoke. But where is the fourth man of the fire? Most preachers will tell you he's still there waiting for you when you get stuck. He's still there waiting for you when you're going through your trial. He's still there waiting for you when you've got something that you don't know how to deal with. I'm here to tell you, all you need to do when you struggle, all you need to do when you suffer, all you need to do when you're in pain, all you need to do is turn to Jesus. How about Peter? One night, Peter hears the words of Jesus and tells his disciples to go to the other side. Jesus is going to stay behind and pray. And in the midst of their travels to the other side, a vicious storm hits. And the boat is in treacherous waters. And the disciples are in dismay. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. And all of a sudden in a the distance, they see someone who appears to be walking on the water and they realize it's Jesus. Peter says, hey Jesus, if it's really you, let me come out there with you. And Jesus says, come on. I'm on the water. I'm on the water. Hey guys, John, Matthew, Bartholomew, I'm on the water. And all of a sudden he remembers that the wind is blowing. That the rain is pelting him. 
that the waves are, are, are unbelievably high and he focuses on his problem and he forgets to keep his eyes on Jesus and all of a sudden he begins to sink like a rock. Jesus comes over and picks him up and says, oh, you of little faith. Where are your eyes this morning? It's easy for us to get distracted and worry about our problems. It's easy to hear the words of your physician and, and worry about your diagnosis. It's easy to look at your bank account and worry about tomorrow's bills. It's easy to, to worry about what your children are going to do and what your marriage is like and what your family situation is like. It's easy to focus on these things. But I'm here to tell you that scripture is clear. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can be a water walker. How about Jairus? His daughter passes away, 12 years old. His world came crumbling down as he gets word that his, his daughter had died. He came to Jesus when she was sick. And just when he got Jesus' attention and Jesus begins to head towards the house, servants from the house come over to him and say, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. But Jesus, but Jesus turns to Jairus and says this, hey Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. My question to you this morning, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that if we place our trust on Jesus, we should know with all certainty, with all guarantees, without a question, without a shadow of a doubt, that if Jesus be for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that Jesus said no weapon formed against us shall ever prosper? I'm here to tell you this morning what the church needs to be proclaiming from every pulpit in every church in every nation in this world that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's Lord over COVID and he's Lord over sickness and he's Lord over pain and he's Lord over hurt and whatever you may be going through today I'm here to tell you Jesus is Lord. You may be going through difficulties. We go through struggles. But I'm here to tell you, you've got to turn to Jesus. Do you believe this this morning? Jesus tells the sisters, take me to where, he's in, where you laid him. Take me there. And they take him to the tomb where Jesus, where Lazarus was, was laid. And Jesus tells Martha to order the stone be rolled away. And Martha, who was questioned on whether she believed 
what Jesus was saying or not kind of shows her true colors. Hey, Jesus, did I mention to you that he's been dead four days? Did I mention to you that by now, he probably, in the New King James, in the King James Version, he probably stinketh? Read your Bible, it's there. That's not the gospel according to me. That's in scripture. He probably stinketh by now. It's been four days. And Jesus says, just roll the stone away. Now, I want to press pause on this for a second. And I, I want you to allow me to use my sanctified imagination. Now, what I'm going to share with you now is not in the Bible. What I'm going to share with you now is probably learned when we get to heaven and we interview Lazarus. So I want to share with you what is going on in Lazarus's world. Because according to scripture, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So Lazarus is in the portals of glory talking to Abraham and Moses and Joshua and David and Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and Isaac and Jacob. And he's having conversations with all of these Old Testament saints and he's seeing the pearly gates and he's seeing the streets of gold and he's seeing the presence of almighty God and he's in the portals of glory and he is rejoicing because of where he is because of where he placed his trust and then all of a sudden Lazarus come forth He's not talking to me. I'm good. Who else in here is Lazarus? And he gets tapped on the shoulder. Excuse me, aren't you Lazarus? Yeah. Jesus is calling. Look at this place. He wants me to go back. Look at this. This is unbelievable. Lazarus, come forth. And 
Jesus says to the crowds, loose him and let him go. I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know what you brought to church with you. I don't know what kind of baggage you have, what kind of Samson, what kind of things you've put in your Samsonite this morning, but I'm here to tell you, if you turn to Jesus, he has provided us a living hope. Rebecca, thank you this morning for choosing that song because we didn't even talk about it, but I've got in my notes, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Jesus has provided us this wonderful hope. And in the fourth verse of that song, which she sang with the praise and worship team, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5 says, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, I'm here to tell you we do not belong or live here. We are just passing through. Our home is in heaven. And if you were to interview Lazarus today, hey, Mr. Lazarus, I've got a question for you. What is heaven like? Heaven is real. Heaven is glorious. Heaven is perfect. And I'm going to tell you, church, that when I first got to heaven, I realized that if I knew it was this good, I would have told more people to follow and put their trust in Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 says, For what is our hope or our joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Titus 2.13 says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. I happen to be a wonderful student of eschatology. I, I love the study of eschatology. That, that means the study of future events. Or for us, the end times. I've asked the team to put up a chart if they have it. And it just gives us a picture of what our future holds. Now, I, I, I can't spend too much time as our time is limited this morning, but I want to remind you, church, of a couple of very important notes from that chart. First of all, I believe, I am convinced as a student of Scripture that one day Paul mentions that we will be caught up 
with the dead in Christ, the dead in Christ will rise first and those who remain will meet them in the clouds and we will be raptured and we will be presented as the bride of Christ. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that the rapture will come previous to the tribulation. There are those who have an opinion that say, oh, it's going to come halfway through. And there are those who are really wrong and say it's going to come at the end of the tribulation. But I believe that every indication of Scripture is that Jesus Christ is going to call his church home before the judgment of God falls on this earth. And then God's going to remove his hand off planet earth. And he's going to pour out the judgments, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. And that at the end of this seven-year period, known as the tribulation and the great tribulation, three and a half years of tribulation, three and a half years of great tribulation, the Antichrist will come, turn his back on the, church, on the Jews, cause us great tribulation, and Jesus Christ will then return to this earth riding a white horse, victorious, wearing a crown. And ladies and gentlemen, us as the church are going to march down with him and we're going to battle with him. But the battle is not going to take more than Jesus just saying the word. And the Antichrist and the devil and the beast will be destroyed and then there'll be a thousand-year reign. And then at the end of all of this, I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. And if you leave here this morning with only one thing to remember, please remember Revelation 21. Mark it down, put it on your fridge, do whatever you're going to do. And when you struggle, Revelation 21. When you've got pain, Revelation 21. When you've got questions to ask of God, I'm here to tell you, look at your fridge and let it say Revelation 21. Because here's what Revelation 21 says. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea than I, John. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God, hear this, Hear this, church. You need to hear this this morning. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death and no more crying and no more sorrow. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. 
I got good news for you this morning. The living hope has delivered to you a plan, and that plan is known as heaven. I'll keep reading, but I, I, I just I'm reminded of the thief on the cross. There he is being crucified for his crime along with another thief and the Messiah. The one thief says, hey, Jesus, if you're really who you say you are, why don't you just save yourself? And, and by the way, save us while you're at it. The other guy says, man, don't you know who you're talking to? We deserve what we're getting. But this guy, he's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. Hey, hey, Jesus. Would you remember me when you get to your kingdom? Jesus said, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Can you imagine what happened when that guy opened his eyes after his death and he was on the cross and he went from the cross to the crown room. He went from the cross to the tabernacle in heaven. He went from the cross to see the streets of gold. He went to the cross to realize there's no more pain. There's no more tears. There's no more hurt. That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Then he, verse 5, who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he said to me, write these words that are true and faithful. He said to me, it is done. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got one question for you today. Just one simple question. Do you believe this? Let us pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As the musicians make their way up on the stage, I, I've, I've got to ask you this morning. It's obvious to me that we've all been struggling We've all got issues, we've all got concerns, we've all got problems. Many of us are facing exactly the same thing. But I'd like to ask you this morning, have you placed your trust in Jesus? Do you trust him this morning? Or have you, like Peter, turned away and found yourself drowning in the seas of difficulty? 
find yourself drowning in the seas of circumstance. Find, find yourself hurting and can't get out from under it. Jesus said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you and I'll come back and get you. I, I want to tell you this morning that Jesus has prepared a place for us where there'll be no more tears and no more pain and no more suffering. Your pain is real. Your tears are real. Your suffering is real because sometimes we go through these things. But have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ? So right there where you are, I'm, I'm going to call this a time of rededication. I know that I've lost my ways over this past year a few times. You just, you just forget to trust the goodness of God. Forget to, to, to be reminded that if God be for us, who can be against us? Forget the words of Jesus that says, I will be with you always. But I'd like to ask you this morning, who would say to me, Brother Bob, I, sometimes I've forgotten. The pain has overshadowed. So who would be so bold and say, Bob, pray for me this morning. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. All across the room, I, I, I see your hand. I see your hand. I, I see your hand all across the room. Your hand tells me as your heart tells God. I believe this. I believe that I can place my trust in Jesus. I see your hand all over the room. Hands have gone up. Listen, when I was a, 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 a young person in, in youth camp, we used to sing a song that says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. This morning, I'm asking you to believe it. I'm going to place my trust in Jesus Christ, and He's going to fight my battles. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Will everybody be so kind as to stand all over the room? Everyone stand. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. Hold on to the hand of Jesus Christ. Place your trust in him.
Don't let the enemy take it away. Don't let the enemy rob you of your joy. Don't let the world rob you of your joy. You're going to walk out to the parking lot and, and, and you're going to hear a voice in your head to say, you don't really believe all that. But I want to remind you this morning that the Jesus that showed up in the fire for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is right there beside you and his Holy Spirit lives in you and you are greater than anything that the world can throw against you. Join me as we pray. Father, we come before you right now. Having experienced a great deal of pain and trouble and turmoil, having suffered, having hurt, having cried, having doubted, having run away. But this morning, Father, we announce that we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the work that he did on the cross. We believe, like Rebecca said, that the blood that was shed on the cross for us washed us of every sin and declares us righteous to stand before a holy God. My troubles, I'm going to let Jesus fight my battle. My difficulties, Jesus has got them. My infirmities, by his stripes we were healed. Father, and we stand awaiting the day that we walk through the portals of glory and your tabernacle will be with us. Your dwelling place will be in our midst and we will see Jesus. Father, we thank you for the hope of heaven. We thank you for the glories of heaven as described by John in Revelation 21. And we cannot wait for the day where there will be no more tear and no more pain and no more hurt and no more sorrow. And we wait for the day to rejoice and finally see Jesus face to face. Father, we thank you for the hands that were raised. I pray that you would touch every life in this room and those watching through live stream. Father, touch as only you can. And we declare by the power and by the blood of Jesus Christ, we declare victory, victory for every life in this room, victory for every person watching and maybe watching at a later time. We declare victory in the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's through the blood and in the power of Jesus Christ that we ask all these things through his name, his power, his work, the work of Jesus. And everyone said, amen.